When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. I have kind of a complicated scheme I wanted to share with all of you, my most loyal listeners. I want you to help me spread the word of superwomen far and wide. And how are we going to do this? Well, I'm going to do a sweepstakes. So here's how it's going to work. I want you to tell a friend about the podcast. I want that friend to download the podcast, screenshot it, and DM it to me. And guess what? I'm going to pick a lucky winner that both of you get something from me. I'm going to give you guys each $250 gift cards so that you can go buy whatever you want on my site and enjoy just for being such loyal listeners. So I'm going to repeat the instructions just in case that was really confusing. I want you to share this podcast with a friend. Have that friend send me a screenshot to my at Rebecca Minkoff in my DMs of them downloading the podcast and tagging you so I know you're the beautiful one that brought them here. And I will send two lucky winners. So that's $1,000 of gift cards to you and a friend and a friend and another. So get sharing get promoting, send the women you love this podcast because I make it for women who need a daily dose of inspiration, who need to know that work is hard. It can be rewarding. It can be terrifying. But at the end of the day, we're doing what we love. Do you ever see a successful woman on your feed or in a magazine and think, wow, it must be nice to have it so easy? Well, think again. Behind that glossy cover or smiling face is a ton of hard work, countless failures, and endless learning experiences. I'm Rebecca Minkoff, and I'm here to tell you that success isn't a walk in the park. It takes grit, resilience, and a willingness to take risks. That's why I created Superwoman, a podcast that peels back the varnish and gets into the nitty-gritty of what it takes to make it as a woman in today's world. From luminaries and game changers to women you've never heard of but should, this podcast is here to inspire you to take your next leap, no matter how daunting it may seem. We'll explore the sacrifices these women have made, the highs and lows they've experienced, and the lessons they've learned along the way. So if you're ready to be inspired and learn from some of the most successful women out there, join me on Superwomen. Together, we'll uncover the stories behind the successes and prove that with hard work, determination, and a little bit of luck, anything is possible. Hey everyone, it's Rebecca Minkoff. You are listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is Tori Gerberg, the founder of Pink Lily. Believe it or not, Tori started her business when she was in unpaid maternity leave, desperate to just pull together some cash to be able to pay her bills. Cut to nine years later, over a hundred million in sales, and she is just 
at the tip of the iceberg. Take a listen. Welcome to the podcast, Tori. I'm so excited to chat with you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. So I was looking through my inbox when I got the request to interview you and I was like, wait, side hustle to over a hundred million dollars. You know, I think my Instagram feed is only feeding me side hustles now since I, I don't know why, but tell me about how that happened. I'd love to hear the journey of this because it's not, it's, it's a very rare occurrence, I would say. Yeah, of course. And it, it was, you know, nine years ago. So definitely over the course of nine years, it didn't go from that overnight. But in 2014, my husband and I were, I was actually on my maternity leave. I was on an unpaid maternity leave and we struggled to get by together. I think we made maybe $50,000 income together and we had a newborn student loans, a mortgage. I think our overall debt was like, I couldn't even be on our first mortgage because I had my debt to income ratio was so like huge. I had more student loans than I was making an annual income. And we were like, we cannot, we we're not going to live like this. We have to, you know, we're in our mid twenties. We have to figure out a way to pay off this debt or we're going to just be like working our lives away, like spending all of our money, all of our income on paying down debt. So we decided to start a side hustle. It was more of let's just sell things on eBay here and there to make a couple hundred dollars extra to pay the credit card bills off. That's the way it started. And then fast forward to when I was on maternity leave, I was like, you know what? I like selling on eBay and Etsy. I like e-commerce. This is really fun. I'm going to get um, into the clothing aspect a little bit more because on eBay, it was more jewelry and accessories. So I started investing in clothing. I got some mom and me. Well, first I got like little kid skirts and then mom and me uh, items. Scarves oh, and where did you get this stuff from? Like, how did you know where to get it? I just started searching the internet. I was like, I would, um, you know, I can figure this out. <laughs> so I found suppliers and I um, worked with vendors in LA. I worked with vendors overseas and took a couple hundred dollars. Like I was too terrified to do a huge, huge first order. It was like... Yeah. $300, I think. And I was so scared. I was like, this is like $300. Like it could go towards my bills or groceries. I'm going to invest it in clothing. But I did it and we started a Facebook group. So that really was what kicked off Pink Lily was the small Facebook group. It I immediately started posting in there and would take photos of the items, either flat lay or I would just throw it on, do like a mirror photo. And it went from like no followers to over 10,000 women in this small Facebook group within months. I was like struggling to even keep up with how fast it was growing. It became a community overnight and they were super excited for the clothing that I was sharing. And I did go back to work after my maternity leave. So I was like working during the day. I would get my son to sleep by 7.30 after dinner. And then at nighttime, 7.30 to like 1 a.m., I was focusing on the Facebook group and, and doing the side hustle part of it all. Okay. So I have so many questions in that lead up. So <laughs> like, how did you know what to buy? How did you know what quality? How did you negotiate minimums? Because buying stuff from China, like there's always like two to 300 pieces minimum. And then my second question would be, how did you know to start a Facebook group? So I have a marketing degree and I'm very social media focused. So okay. the Facebook group was like, just for me, it was like, okay, yes, I can sell on eBay and Etsy, but also a lot of women around town were like, I want to see what you're selling on eBay and Etsy. I want to see, I want to be able to buy it. So I was like, a group was just natural to start. 
And from there, like women were coming in, shopping out of my trunk and coming to my house and like going through clothing racks and in my dining room to shop for as far as like negotiating minimums and really learning. I just, I dug in as fast as I could to learn. And I, you know, really started out, I was not going to buy 300 MOQ, any of that. So you know, 20, 30 pieces, I got on down to it. You know, that was one thing I learned it with my degree is in marketing, but with the concentration in sales was negotiation. So I would just go back with uh, to the vendors and say, no, you know, I will place a larger order if this works, but we're going to do a test sample first of 20 or 30 pieces. Right. So how, how long did it take you to sort of find that hockey stick? I'm assuming you had a hockey stick type of growth. And what do you think the secret was to that? <sighs> I mean, honestly, I think the secret was really more that it was a community than anything. So whenever we launched the website, so come 2014, January 2014, we launched the website and it immediately took off too. I started the social media and from there it went, you know, we were like, okay, my husband and I would come home every single day from our full-time job and say, here's how much we have to make and here's how much we have to make for you to quit your full-time job. So we were like, okay, well, we really need to go and make $40,000 a month or whatever in sales to quit your job. And so we were- for your husband to quit his job or for you to quit your for job? For me, for me. So I was still working selling insurance and, you know, we would look, okay, here's what we're going to profit and here's what you make in your salary. So we're like, okay, goal for the year, 50000 in revenue for our first year in business and hopefully profit. You know, this was when we first launched it. And we're like, hopefully profit, maybe 15, 20,000 pay off credit cards. Our first year in business, we did 4 million. So our goal is 50,000 and we did 4 million our first year. Oh my God. Okay. So you go from basically hoping to make 50K, pay off $30,000. Yeah. What goes through your mind when you make $4 million in your first year? We actually did the first million all from our home. So we were still at our house until July of that year. And that's when we hit the 1 million. And I just left my job. And then my husband, we were actually trying to convince him to do, leave his. And his parents were like, no, absolutely not. You don't leave corporate America. You don't leave your insurance. You don't leave all this stuff. And we're like, we have to. We have to try this. Like, if we don't both focus on this and it's only a side hustle, it'll only be a side hustle. It's got to be, it's got to be a full-time focus. So he left his job right when we hit that 1 million. And then for the second half of that year, we did an additional three, which was insane. Like we had no idea it would just, it would catch on like that, that fast. What made it so catchy? I really think the pricing was a big thing. I, you know, make sure that all of our clothing was really accessible. It was my Facebook group was actually called Luxury for Less before we named it Pink Lily. So it was just really taking styles I would see out in the world, um, your high-end designer style, and finding something similar enough but more attainable for your your small town girls and your your teachers and your moms who didn't really have hundreds and thousands of dollars to spend on their wardrobe. They really wanted a good piece for. 30 to $40. And we've really stuck with that with our price range. You know, we are very, even nine years now, I, I get really cautious of going high price because I want people to be able to afford our clothing. So you're nine years in, you're doing over a hundred million in sales. How, what's changed for you personally? And then what's changed for you as a business owner? So much has changed. Um, I was for the first six or seven years, very in the weeds all the time, working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. But over the last few years, we've really built out our managers and our directors. 
And that's helped me tremendously to have a better home and mom balance, like a mom life, home life balance. So that's been one of the biggest changes because in the first few years, especially, I felt like we could never even take time off. If I left, it would all come crashing down. So now it's great. We're able to travel and we're able to do things and I can work remote and and not have to worry about the, the warehouse crashing down. So I've learned, you know, over especially the last few years, how important it is to have a better work life balance. And what would you say your biggest lesson you learned in the nine years has been or several lessons? There's a lot. The first, somebody had told me a few years, or actually right when we started the business, no one out there is going to care about the business as much as you. Yeah. And I tried so hard to trust people along the years. And, you know, it just, no one really does. No one's ever going to care about it the way the founder is going to care about it. Luckily, I have some great people who've been with us since the very beginning. And I truly do believe that they do. But for, for me, it was something that I didn't understand until you're, you're running a business. You know, like people, you know, employees may not always care. We have great employees, but it's the truth is, is just, I have to put in that work because it's going to be, it's always going to be my baby, you know? So that is one. And then also just really taking care of your team. You know, there's been plenty of years where it was so fast paced growth, you know, 4 million to 12 million the next year, you know, 12 million to 19, 19 to 30, where it was just insane. And just so people are overworked and exhausted. So you have to make sure to take care of your employees, do little things like, you know, um, outings or cooking lunch for them, or, you know, we always do a Thanksgiving dinner and just extra little things like giveaways and gift cards and just show that you appreciate them because you cannot run a successful business without amazing employees to run the business for you. Yeah, for sure. So at what point in your business did you take it off of Etsy and off of eBay? And I'm assuming, you know, that transition was probably like, oh my gosh, now we have a website and talk me through that. Yeah. So we stopped selling on eBay right in 2014. We left things on Etsy for a few years, like graphic tees, because we would design those. But really it was, it's been our website since pretty much 2015, 2016. We tested Amazon once with the graphic tees, I think like Halloween graphic tees, but it just was kind of more of. We didn't really want to deal with all the different ways it was coming in. It was easier to focus in just on our website for, for those years. Now, for the future, that may not be what, you know, we may look at expanding outside of our own e-com site, but for the first nine years, it was primarily, you know, we have anywhere from three to 4 million users on our site a month. So that was enough for us. And it was like, we, we don't really need to push out other e-com sites at the time. And have you felt the pull to expand categories? And then why haven't you? Or have you just said, let me just keep on this this lane? Yeah, no, for sure. We have definitely expanded categories over the years, especially. So in the beginning, it was definitely more tops and bottoms. And I saw a huge gap with swimsuits. I was like, I really love swimsuits. It's a huge part of my life. I have a pool. We go to the lake. We go to the beach. And it was really hard to find cute swimsuits. So we expanded into swimwear in 2017. And that was, that's one of our strongest categories in the springs we design, uh, we do exclusive prints. And it's just, 
it's probably my number one thing that I love to design. And from there, we turned it into more, let's go into her lifestyle. What is she doing? Is she, you know, carrying drinks to the pool? Let's try some coolers. Let's have cups. Let's have, you know, beach towels, things like that. So really trying to make it more of a lifestyle brand. Another category, which it kind of was in the beginning too, but we, you know, we really do curated drops in it. It's not a full assortment yet is our kids line. You know, we do a lot of mom and mini, especially mom and mini swim, mom and mini fall dresses, mom and mini spring stuff. So it's, you know, three or four times a year. And then the categories that I'm really looking forward to expanding are our home. We have blankets and robes, but we're working on, you know, additional things to hopefully have a home line. That's really important to me. I'm always home. I'm a homebody. So I was like, you know, we need all the cozy stuff. And, you know, we expanded into beauty this past year. So we have a beauty line now too. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it's one thing when you're buying stuff that's already made and designed from Mm -hmm. manufacturers that you're finding to now, I'm going to assume you have designers, you have merchants, you have production, you know, how has that shift changed your leadership style and your, uh, and your ability to just control the aesthetic of the brand? Yeah. So we, we actually don't have designers. (laughs) It's not necessarily me. We have graphic designers. So I sit right behind our graphic designers and she'll draw a print for me. And I'm like, actually, let's change it to this Pantone. Let's do this instead. So I'm still very involved in that. That's the part that I, it has to get right. You know, like we have to control the aesthetic of the brand. We have to stay a fun, positive, inspirational brand for women. And so that's what I, I work very closely with our, our buying team and, and we call them buyers, but really they're, they're working more with manufacturers and working directly with me on design ideas. Our goal is definitely to hire a full-time designer next year. And for the leadership, it's really I'm pretty direct. I feel like I'm very positive, but I also want to make sure we get it right. And I'm very, even though I'm creative, I'm very analytical too. And I sit down and I try to explain that to, you know, our team and making sure here's what sells, here's what they want. Let's go deeper in these colors or these styles and really try to explain that to them. So overall, I feel like I'm a pretty laid back leader. (laughs) I don't, you know, yes, I might hover over them to watch a print, but then, you know, I, I let them do their thing too. So everything currently is we meet every week and we go through every single SKU together and it's thousands of SKUs, but I, I always have to sign off just because I want to make sure it, it stays, you know, on brand. And how would your first private Facebook customers, you know, feel today? Are they still with you? Yeah, we actually have, we were digging through some cohorts and we have some women from the very beginning, especially there's, especially local here too. So many women are like, I've been shopping since the beginning and they're proud of it. They'll be like, I've I've been since the trunk days, like shopping out of the trunk days. But yeah, we have a great return rate for our customers. They, once they come, they love it. And I feel like that we've definitely tried to make sure that they have a great experience. And we have had so many loyal customers since the very beginning days. So what would you tell someone who's listening to this, who's like, you know, not making a lot of money, you know, wants to start a side hustle, but then it's daunting, right? I I have many ideas for other companies I want to launch. And then it gets to be 10 at night and I'm exhausted. And I'm like, I'm just all Instagram. I'm not going to do my next company. Yeah, same. I do that too. So back in the day, I did not do that. I feel like too, you know, as you get older, it's like less of a motivation. But if you are in your 20s and 30s, and you're like, okay, I really, really don't want to be stuck anymore, you will have to be put put in that time at nighttime. If you have a full time job, you can't do it during your job, you might get fired if you do that. 
So I would say definitely, you know, do something in the afternoon to wake yourself up, drink some coffee, go for a walk, do something, clear your your mind, and then really sit down and, and strategize what you want to do. It's definitely, you know, I had no experience. We had no outside income. My parents and my husband's parents are both like lower middle class. They could not afford to even give us money to start. So it was really taking our own hard earned money and investing and being strategic about it. But it's it means that it's available for anyone to do it. You know, if I was, you know, making $25,000 a year, and it's turned into this, like anyone can do it. You if even if you're out there working a minimum wage job, it's just really how willing you are to put in the work to do it. But I will say for sure that your marketing side, I'm sure was very helpful in strategically getting the brand out there. Oh, for sure. Marketing is the biggest, most important thing that I could recommend for anyone, you know, if you're going to sell an e-course or if you're going to sell a cookbook or if you're going to, you know, make towels like dish towels or anything, you have to be able to market it to people. People are not going to find out about it. If you don't market it, you do have to be able to, you know, make a TikTok account or a Facebook account or Instagram. I recommend all of the above to do and to actually make content to push out to, to viewers to see your product. Yeah. So you mentioned you had a baby as you started this, what level, and then you mentioned working 60, 80 hour weeks. Talk to me about the level of sacrifice and how you've sort of changed. Now you mentioned a leadership Mm -hmm. team, but talk to me about like, did you not see your child? Did you only see them sleeping and and your life now? So yeah, back then it was chaos. I remember I was at a photo shoot my son was 18 months, 19 months old. I was at a photo shoot. I was nine months pregnant. My water broke during the photo shoot. I was like trying to style the girls. And I was like, y'all, I got to go to the hospital. My water just broke. And then I'm sitting there in the hospital, like trying to schedule Facebook content while I'm about to deliver a baby. So it is not like that now, thank goodness. But yeah, especially my older two, there was a lot of times where after work, I would come home. We would play, we would eat dinner. And then once they were in bed, I was still up all night working, you know, so I was very tired, lots of caffeine. But the good thing is, because um, our warehouse is really close to where we live, I was able to still enjoy the evenings with them and go on the weekends and do fun things like pumpkin patches. But I still would also have to work at nighttime a lot. So able to like, check out be with the children and then check back in because I know when I have like a pile of work I'm mm-hmm. just like oh what I, I want to be with them but I can't yeah Physically. yeah I'm just like when it when can they go to bed so I can just get this done yeah back then it was really hard to do that it was definitely still like okay I need to answer these emails on my phone while we're out here playing and so so now as the years have gr- uh, gone by and I really, we do have that leadership team. I do put my phone down and I'm like, okay, it's dinner time. We're going to eat. We're going to talk. We're going to do bedtime without me checking my email. But yes, back in the early days, it was very hard to, to shut it off. Wow. So what would you say if you had a piece of advice that you wanted to give to others? You know, what would that be? Your younger self and then give me a, a current piece. Oh, that's hard. Um, my younger self, I would, I had no idea this is how my life was going to turn out. I thought I would just be working, you know, selling insurance and uh, working behind a desk job my entire life. So I would say if that's where you are, and that's the part of life that you're in right now, do not give up on your dreams. Like do not even if you think it's just this silly little side hustle. So many people tried to talk us out of, you know, doing what we did. They said, that's crazy. That's not going to take off. And it did. So don't let people talk you out of what you might want to do. If, if, you, if you have a hobby or if you have a side hustle that you love to do, 
really take it serious and try to, to invest your time and energy into it if that's what you want to do, because um, it could turn out like this for you. And what would you say to someone who, you know, did you have times where it was not looking good and things weren't going the way you wanted? And how did you fix it? And what got you through those times? All the time. I know I've done several interviews and they always highlight the good the success story, but I'm like, there's been so many times where it wasn't. Let's go there, uh, girl. <laughs> yeah, 2020 hit and it was called a pandemic. And we were sitting on hundreds of thousands of dollars of inventory for Easter, for Easter dresses. And then everyone's at home and they're not going to church on Easter. They're not going anywhere. And we're like, what do we do? Our sales tanked for like those first three weeks. Like I'm sure every business did. No one was shopping. No one even knew if they had money you know, to like, no one knew what the heck was going on. So we had to pivot so fast. I worked every single day in office, I did not have that luxury of being able to work from home. My kids were home. But luckily, we had an amazing nanny. She came over during the day. because I was like, I have to be at the warehouse and figure this out because I cannot let my business go down. I refuse to lay off employees. I was like, I'm not this is not happening. And since we were in warehousing, we were allowed to stay open with our state. So because it's a warehousing job. So I was there every single day trying to figure it out. Within about a month, we were like, we are just going to put these Easter dresses away. There will be Easter next year and pivot. And so we actually took money and we invested in product when it was the scariest time to do that and bought a ton of lounge sets and tie-dye. And we're like, we're just going to go very casual now and put those dressy dresses away and we're going to market loungewear. So come April, sales really picked up. And come May and June, we had the highest month ever. So I was like, I'm so glad we pivoted. I could have given up. I did not. I refused to. I was like, I'm not, we're not, we're not going down with this pandemic. So that was actually one of the um, largest growth years we had by the end of the, that year. And was that something you just knew or you just said, you said to yourself, I'm in pajamas. I want, I yeah. want to sell pajamas. Yeah, we were like, what is she wearing? I was on TikTok a lot. And I'm like, I sweatpants. Everybody's in like tie-dye sweatshirts. Like, we're not going to be posting these Easter dresses. We're going to just go buy more products as we're sitting on products that's not going to sell till next year. So um, it was terrifying to have, you know, three or four weeks of very little sales and then take another risk and invest in something different. But it had it, you have to be able to pivot. So it seems like you have great instincts when it comes to style like like what's happening in the market social media marketing are there other areas that you felt like have been struggles for you in the past mm -hmm. oh for sure Current? Um, <laughs> finance and accounting is not my thing luckily my husband has his MBA and finance degree so it was always push pull with the two of us I was like you know we need more inventory he's like you're spending too much or I need to spend more on marketing he's like, you're spending too much so luckily I have him but it is not my thing had he not been just as big of a part of the business but more on the back end it would have went down absolutely I would have spent all the money and not known how to like pay taxes or you know any of that kind of stuff it, it was just the operation side and the finance piece are just not my forte and do you find it easy to turn off work with your husband and then be husband and wife or is that yeah especially now yes back in the day no we would have so many you know problems arise or just things that we that was all we talked about at nighttime too and then yeah. You know, back a few years ago, we were like, we cannot continue this. We have to have the, the mom and dad, husband, wife, and actually have a life outside of work. So I feel like, again, the last few years, we've just found, found a much better balance. 
And now that you've hired and have more management tile, like how you seem like someone who's very hands-on, who obviously you started this business, it's your baby. How have you learned to sort of let go? That part is a little hard. I still, there's still plenty of times I'm like, okay, I don't agree with this person with what they're saying. I have my point of view. They have their point of view, but I definitely don't want to discourage anyone, especially in the leadership team. So we always have open conversations. I am chatting or emailing with all the directors, especially my direct reports daily. So yes, we're very hands-on, but we really work together more as a team and, and we are open with different point of views and we always come to, you know, an agreement. So I feel like I luckily trust them so much. If there's been p- people that have come into the organization that, you know, don't have the right work ethic or we don't really trust to be running it, they haven't worked out. So the, the direct leaders that we have right now in my reports are amazing. And I, I really do talk to them daily. So what's next? So we are actually in the... Uh, final stages of working through retail spot for Nashville. And then our goal is to actually have a few other smaller retail spots too in the near future. So our goal is to expand retail, expand our beauty line and really brand awareness. There's so many women out there in the the country that have never heard of Pink Lily. You know, it it is a fashion, attainable fashion. Our goal is to make every woman feel confident in what she's wearing and be able to express herself, but at an affordable price. So I feel like there's such a huge market for us, but so many women have not heard of it. So really just focusing in on brand awareness and our retail stores. And you're still as excited today as you were. I am. Yeah, I really, I really am. I love it. All right. My last question for you is what would we be surprised to know about you? It could be a quirk, a habit. I am, which I'm pretty open on my social media accounts. I do struggle from high functioning anxiety. And I do talk about that a lot. Most people can't tell because I do stay pretty positive, but there are just some times where I have panic attacks and I need to go and shut the door and just be alone. And I work through them. But I think that's one thing that people are like, I don't understand how you could have, you know, anxiety or deal with, you know, those kind of things. You seem so happy, but I am happy, but I can't control some of that anxiety that I deal with. And so when you say that you go and shut the door and get through it, Take me through a moment. Like, do you talk yourself through it? Are you breathing? Like, what are you yeah. doing to sort of just get through it? Yeah. So over the years, I've really tried to to work on breathing techniques. I'll turn on. I have like a, a Spotify that's like my anxiety playlist and it's just soothing music. I honestly, there are plenty of times too. I'm like, I just need to go for a walk like that. I need to move my body and that is going to help tremendously. And I come back and I'm a thousand percent better. So I let the little things just eat away. And I'm like, this is not that big of a deal in in the big scheme of things, but with my high functioning anxiety, it really does. So it can just boil up and it gets to the point where, you know, I full panic mode. So yes, I have breathing techniques. I listen to some music. I have some playlists, just take a, an hour alone. And then also I try to move my body because I think that's the biggest thing that helps me. Yeah. I, I tell everyone, take a walk without your phone. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm in awe of what you built. I think it's incredible. And I'm just so glad to be able to tell this story. And if you're listening, take Tori's advice, start your side hustle girls. Yes. A hundred percent recommend it. <laughs> so people can go to pinklily.com. Yeah, pinklily.com, and they can find some great styles at a price you can afford. And what's your handle? Because you mentioned you're pretty active on social media. Yes, it is just my first and last name, Tori Gerbig, at Tori Gerbig. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithm. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.